Hey guys, I'm Whitney. And I'm Kylie. Welcome to the Midwest Farm Wives Podcast, where we will be sharing all things motherhood, farming, faith, rural living, and so much more. So grab your favorite beverage of choice and come hang out with your two farm wife besties. We are so happy you are here with us. Corteva AgroScience provides cutting edge solutions for farmers worldwide. Learn more at Corteva.com. Today, I am joined with Hunter Pinky, who is uh, inspiration, and he actually came to our school and spoke to our um, kids and community, and so I thought he would be great to have on the podcast. Um, he will relate to male and female alike, and he's just truly an inspiration in the the path that God has veered him on and him accepting it and embracing it and just going full throttle into the new life that he is leading. So I will head over with Hunter. Okay, so we are joined with Hunter Pinky today, um, who was originally from the Dakotas, an ag boy, but you are now in Arizona. So I'm just going to let you go right into introducing yourself. Yeah, my name is Hunter Pinky, and uh, Whitney and I have been friends over email for the past year, I would say. Yeah. And I got to meet each other past past couple weeks uh, in person, made it out to Kansas, which was fun. But uh, my name is my name is Hunter Pinky, and I'm originally from Wishick, North Dakota, a town of about a thousand people in South Central part of the state. I like to say we're smack dab in the middle of nowhere. I think a lot of people probably try and take that title, but I mean, we were 100 miles from the nearest Starbucks, uh, 80 miles from the nearest McDonald's. There was no Subway. There is no Dollar General. I mean, we were pretty far. Uh, oh, rural. no Dollar General even. That's really hit. No Dollar General. That, that's <laughs> kind of a rarity in uh, in small town America these days. That is. Uh, but I had, you know, I had 18 in my graduating class. Um, we owned a small business in, in Wishick, still do. Uh, we owned a lumberyard and home building company. So that was my my dad's side of the business. Um, and then on my mom's side, uh, they're farmers in the northeast part of uh, the state of North Dakota. And so I kind of got a little bit of the best of both worlds on the construction side, but also on the ag side, uh, small grains, um, wheat, barley, and then corn, soybeans, a little bit of canola, um, some, some edible beans, but uh, a good variety uh, of crops that our family raised. Yeah. And so after, well, we, I feel like I'm going to ruin the story because I know the story, so I'm trying not to ruin it. But so you grew up doing all things sports, which is very relatable to me. So I grew up doing all things sports, but I had no ag background until I met my husband. And so you want to chat a little on what sports you played and like what led you into college, which sport you yeah. played in college? So, I, I mean, probably can relate with a lot of your listeners in the sense that, uh, I did everything because if you didn't do everything, you weren't going to have a team. Right. Um, I mean, you, you had to, you had to go out for sports. Yeah. And um, so I loved competing, whether it be in sports, whether it be FFA, FBLA, science fair, science Olympiad, math counts, AC Olympics, band choir. I mean, I literally did everything uh, that I could. Uh, basketball in the winter, track and field in the spring, baseball in the summer, football in the fall. And then on top of those, all those extracurriculars that I had mentioned, um, I I was a basketball player growing up. I always thought I was going to go play college basketball. Uh, standing up, I'm six foot six. Um, sitting down, I'm four ten. We'll probably get into that a little <laughs> bit later. But uh, but standing up, I'm a, I'm a tall guy, and so uh, basketball came pretty naturally. And uh, 
going into my senior year of high school, uh, my best friend passed away and he was my, he was my point guard. And so basketball just wasn't as appeasing as it used to be. And, and so I looked for, for another outlet and football it was, and I got the opportunity to go play for my home, home state's university at the university of North Dakota and had four great years there. Um, yeah, we're going to skip the stories from UND today, but uh, <laughs> my, my time at UND was great. Um, and then that kind of leads me into the next next phase of the of the life. Right. And so with your friend, Zach, do you feel like when you were at that age and that young that your faith struggled? Yeah. Like why? Why him? Why? Why this happened to me? You I mean, yeah, the question as a why, kid, I mean. Uh, you're yeah. a senior. I mean, I think um, a lot of people know that feeling of losing somebody too soon. I think if it's, you know, immediate family, somebody that, you know, you know, death, I think is one of the hardest parts of life um, for the people that are surrounding the death. Right. And uh, for me on the faith aspect, um, I had a pretty strong faith in high school, but that tests it. Uh, that kind of adversity tests faith. And I would say um, the question why you had to get pretty used to not knowing the answer to it. Right. Because I don't, I still don't know why um, Zach had to die. He was one of the best. Right. And um, I got, I guess I got comfortable being uncomfortable without knowing. Yep. And uh, it really, I think, it kind of prepared me for what was down the road in my life to be able to handle it um, in a in a positive way. Right. And so, you want to dig into what was next in your life? What was down yeah. your road? <laughs> you know, uh, playing college football. Our season got over in 2019. We lost in the playoffs, and uh, this would have been late November. And then a uh, good buddy of mine in college asked, Hunter, you want to go on a ski trip to Colorado? And I was all in. And so we went on a ski trip. And on the first run of the day, uh, myself and another skier collided. And uh, I went headfirst into a tree that ultimately led me to having a, a spinal cord injury at the T6-7 level, uh, which is really just your chest, uh, right in the middle of your chest down. I have a complete injury, meaning that I have no feeling, no function. Uh, I remember the doctor coming in and telling me that I had 2% chance to get some feeling back in my legs. Not function, just feeling. Um, and so then that was kind of the start of like, all right, this is a new life because everything changed. I shouldn't say everything. Um, physically, everything changed. It was a blessing. I mean, I went head first in a tree, but I'm still the same guy. No brain injury. Um, You're I'm, alive. I'm yeah, I'm still Hunter. Yeah, I'm here. Um, so not everything changed. I'm still living. I'm still breathing. Uh, I still have my smile. I still have the same family. Not everything changed, but physically, uh, how I went about living, uh, that everything changed for me. Um, a lot of doors closed, but I think more have even opened. Um which has been pretty, pretty cool to see. Yeah. God used you in a different way than what you, his path was different. Well, his path, he already knew it. Right. But yeah. what you thought life was going to look like wasn't at all what he had planned. No, when, yeah, I, I mean, I tell people when I, um, talk in faith, 
I, three to four months before my injury, I came um, across this verse in Proverbs and I'm just like, man, I, th- I feel like this verse is like sticking with me. Proverbs 16, nine is like the heart of a man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. And I'm like, something there is like just pulling at me. Those words just mean something to me. And deep down, I'm like, you know, God's going to direct me right into my wife. Like, I'm, this is it. Like, right. bring me right to her doorstep. I'm going to, I'm going to marry this girl. And, you know, ultimately it's like, oh, wait, um, and you know what you want, Hunter, but God's going to take you where you never thought you'd go. Yep. And now you physically cannot take steps and literally you're going to have to trust him to take him for you. So that verse was given. I mean, I think it's it was kind of preparing you for in a different way than what you thought. Exactly. Yeah. Giving me, uh, giving me kind of a sense of peace almost after the fact, knowing that like, oh, wait a minute. I was supposed to see that verse. I was supposed to be attached to that because he was preparing me for for what was next. Right. So you want to talk a little about what was it like waking up in the hospital and being told, hey, which you said you had told our kids in the presentation you gave that you kind of had an inkling because you couldn't move your legs on the mountain. Yeah. I, I knew on the mountain when like you're telling your legs like move and nothing happens that it was pretty serious. Um, now there's always that small sense of hope of like, this is just a stinger, you know, a few days I'm going to be back and I'll walk out of this hospital. And so like going into surgery, you had that little sense of hope, but you knew it was pretty serious. And then you wake up and I remember, uh, my mom and dad had just got in another, another thing on that. And my parents were in North Dakota. Right. And they get the call and there's two, seats left on the last flight out of Fargo to Denver. Oh my gosh. Uh, and so that, I mean, come on. I so can't these, imagine having to travel by myself to go see my child. Yeah. That I don't know what's exactly wrong. Thankfully there was two, so they got to go together. Um, but I remember I, I kind of woke up, I'm obviously very foggy, still c- kind of coming out of it. And I think my mom was holding my hand and, uh, they were crying. And, I, and so I started crying And, uh, I remember my mom said, Hunter, you still have a life. It's just not the life you planned. And at that moment, I knew that, that it was, you know, kind of permanent and pretty serious. Um, what a good mom thing to say. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And you know, she, her and I should probably sometimes tell the story together because there's a totally different aspect from a mother's side. Oh, I can't imagine. Yeah. I mean, she's, she's a, such a strong woman. I mean, you know her through social media and um, she's awesome. But at that moment was like the moment where I was like, oh, okay, here we go. Um, a new life is ahead of me. At this, I mean, people always kind of ask, Hunter, like, did you have a moment where you're really in the pits? And yes, I've had moments where I was in the pits, but from the start, I mean, I, I kind of like looked at it as a challenge. It's like, okay, this is new. How can I be the best at that, this, that? that I can be, you know, like, this is a totally new thing. I didn't see it coming, but shoot, this is the, the hand that I was dealt. So let's play cards. Right. What, what, what's your option? Give up? Yeah. It's, it's, you got two options. It's like lay here, you know, drown in your sorrow or like, let's go, let's yeah. go play. Let's go play life. Come on. This is the only one you get. So right. uh, make the most of it. Yeah. So what did life look like after your surgery? Well, first three days flat on my back, um, 
I have an 18 inch scar going down my back. Uh, so I had to let that heal. I remember my dad fed me oatmeal. Um, that was the only thing that I could really swallow, uh, for the first three days in and out of consciousness, sleeping a lot of it, pretty drugged up day four though. I got to sit up a little bit. Um, and, and then day five, I got to, to be up at 90 degrees, uh, sit on that kind of the edge of my bed, most excruciating pain I've ever been in. Uh, my goal is to, to sit 15 seconds. I got 14. It was close before I <laughs> started seeing stars. And so, uh, but day six though, drastically different, uh, got to sit up for minutes. Um, day seven, I got in a wheelchair for the first time. And, uh, first day we did a time trial right down the hallway and we timed it time by time. And, uh, <laughs> I remember my friend Fallon was there. She did an interview with me after, I was like, you know, how, how are you feeling after that 100? I was like, a little slow out of the gates. I'm not going to lie. Uh, you know, I got to work on that push to, to get me going. And day eight, did another time trial, beat my day seven time. Day nine, beat my day eight time. And, and then uh, on day nine, I got to get transferred to Craig Hospital, um, which is about 15 minutes down the road from where I was at at St. Anthony's. And that's really where I learned how to live again in a wheelchair. And how long were you there? I was at Craig for two months of inpatient care and then a couple weeks of, uh, of outpatient and then COVID hit. So, um, you got out of there I, right in time. <laughs> got out of there. Yeah. Just in time. Yeah. So did be, was being in Craig, did you learn any, I don't know. And I don't want to say mottos cause that's like very cliche, but did you learn anything about life that, that carried you through going into trying to live into normalcy? Biggest thing that I got at Craig, I mean, they teach you how to physically live, um, you know, all the things, getting into bed, you know, showering, bathroom, how to drive with hand controls. I mean, they, they teach you how to be independent. But the biggest thing that I got at Craig was perspective because I have full function of my arms, my hands, my neck. I have completely clear brain. And some um, CSIs are not that lucky, are they? No. No. Um, I mean, I went head first into a tree or SCI. Oops. I said that wrong. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah. I didn't have a concussion, you know, I, I didn't which is crazy. Concussion. It's unbelievable. Like, uh, the doctor said just, I mean, the, the concussion, I mean, it's a helmet and it's a God thing. Like, how do you go head first high speed into a tree, not have a concussion. And the neck thing, uh, I, I like to give credit to my strength and conditioning coach at North Dakota. I had a pretty strong neck, <laughs> pretty strong trap, a lot of banging uh, on the line of scrimmage. Being a college well, good thing for player, that, right? I was able to hold my hold my spine, you know, my neck in in place for that, transfer that energy. At Corteva AgriScience, we believe that when we work together, we grow together. We believe innovative agriculture solutions are found in the lab and in the field, applying real insights from farmers with our global R&D knowledge to create a strong suite of innovations across seed and crop protection. We believe in constantly challenging ourselves on how to bring all of our solutions together, giving farmers the tools to address today's needs and tomorrow's challenges. We believe in what we do because we believe in what farmers do, and together we thrive. Corteva AgriScience, keep growing. But man, the perspective you get at Craig, um, you become grateful very, very quickly for the things that you have. Uh, because you see others that don't have that. And, right. 
And where, where you went into it thinking, which I know you, you had a really good outlook, but I think some people probably won't, won't, or didn't have a good outlook and thinking it was the end of their world or, you know, the end of the life they thought they were going to lead. But then you go in there and like you said, you see people that wish they could use their fingers and you have that. And so you gain like a new perspective on what your blessings are. No, no question about it. No question about it. I think adversity, um, can do that for you mm-hmm. uh, and put things in perspective because um, for me, like when I saw other people struggle, my struggle became a little, not, not quite as bad. Right. And, and that's, that is an advantage of a community, man. You get to struggle together with people and the struggle gets a little easier when you have somebody next to you going through the same thing that you're able to relate with. Um, you know, being in North Dakota, you don't see many wheelchairs for good reason, right? I right. mean, winter snow is hard on wheels. Um, but being at Craig, you realize like, oh, there's other people out here that are going through the same thing I'm going through. And that really helped. Do you think if you would have been somewhere where there wasn't as many wheelchairs or people that were going through the same thing as you, you wouldn't have felt that way? Absolutely. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, if I, if I'm getting hurt and I'm doing my rehab, I'm the only wheelchair guy in my rehab spot. Like that would be really, really hard. It would really be hard. hard. Um, and community is so important. Uh, it is. That that's probably a, a good, uh, a good reason for social media to connect people. I mean, that's, that's been a huge tool for me as well. Um, in the sense that I'm able to connect with people from around the country that are SCI injuries, athletes, uh, that's been a, a great tool for me as well as sports. I mean, right. sports have connected me huge to a community that I didn't even know existed. I mean, when you're walking on two feet, I gotta be honest. I never thought of adaptive athletics. Never. I I knew there was wheelchair basketball, but I didn't know that there was like parallel. I didn't really think about the Paralympics. Right. Um, I never thought about college wheelchair basketball. I never thought about any adaptive athletics. And then you just, you get opened up to a whole new world that you never knew was out there. And like I, I said, some doors close and double the amount opened for me uh, when I got injured. Had you thought that sports were over for you initially? Right away, I kind of did. And at Craig, they, they, they try and open your eyes a little bit to what are possibilities. Um, and then it came this thought of like, now, I do not want to let my accident tell me if I'm going to be done or not. Like that's going to be my decision. And so uh, I wasn't going to catch any more touchdowns. So I was like, well, what can I do? And that's a big, that was a big moment, a big mental flip for me. Because I think a lot of people that go through an injury um, physically that changes things for them, I always want what they used to have, right? I want to be able to walk. I want to be able to run. I want to play football again. It's like, dude, like that's not going to happen. Right. Um, and so what can you do? Like for me, when I flip the switch to focus on what could I do instead of what I used to be able to do that, that flip things for me because it, you can't, you became I'm just not, as limitless as you were on the football field. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm not long, no longer thinking about the past. It's about the future. And now you're setting goals 
And now, now you're rolling literally and figuratively. <laughs> no pun intended. So I asked you earlier, um, when you, when that happened with Zach, you, if you ever thought why or why me? And so what is, I know that you have a saying, but what was it for you when you left Craig that you never thought why me? Yeah. You know, Craig, I was laying in bed one night and I, I think I have about two nights where I just, I just cried or it's just like, you know, why, sucks. why am I here? This, this sucks. Exactly. And I got, I just got thinking and I don't know why maybe it was probably God. Um, but this thought of just like, why not you Hunter? Like, why not you? Why can't you do that? Like quit making excuses for yourself give yourself, you know, give yourself a reason not to do something. And I'm like, well, one of the reasons would be that I'm lazy. I'm not lazy. One of the reasons would be that, you know, you're not dedicated enough. You don't have the discipline. That's not me either. You start going down the line. You start like, why not? And I couldn't come up with a reason good enough of why I couldn't do something. And that, that changed things for me. I was like, why, 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 why not? And suddenly the answers to those questions, man, like the, the questions like, why me? Like, why do I got to be the guy that I wonder if I'm ever, I was these two questions that stuck up for me. I, I wonder if I'm ever going to get down on one knee. And I wonder if I'm ever going to walk my daughter down the aisle. Those are two questions that are like, oh my gosh. Right. And it's like, you know what, Hunter, why not? Why can't you put a ring on somebody's finger? You don't got to get down on one knee. You're already there. Hands, right. <laughs> you know, and walking the daughter down the aisle someday. I think I might, but if not, Shoot, I'll just roll her down the aisle. She'll sit right on my lap, right? Just don't get too long of a veil to get it caught yeah. in a wheel. <laughs> get hung up in a wheel. But, uh, but man, when when I switched to why not, uh, it, it it switched the whole mindset of like possibilities for me. Um, it was a it was a kind of a loser attitude, honestly. Of like, poor me, poor me. Mm-hmm. I don't got time for a pity party anymore. Um, let's get going. Why you not? still got a lot of life to live because this all happened when you were what age? I was 22. Yeah. You were just 22. in the prime of leaving your college years. Yeah. Really well, was. not really, because now look at you. <laughs> yeah. Geez. Year eight. Grad school <laughs> is done. I'm about finished with this thing. <laughs> so now, yeah. today, you are playing college basketball. I am. I'm at, at Arizona. Uh, I'm at the University of Arizona. Yeah. And uh, we have a great team. The best part about sports, the best part about FFA, the best part about any organization um, is not what they do. It's who you get to do it with. Um, that's life. And the locker room is the most special place about sports. Um, because if you got the right one, that, that lasts your entire life. Uh, you might not play games anymore, but those guys, they're never going to leave your life. And so I've got a great group of guys around me that I, I get to play with, help lead. And, uh, and then we're good too, which that helps. That makes yeah. It more fun. It's fun. Yeah. It's fun to I mean, win. No doubt about it. Yeah. No doubt about it. Do you feel like your background in sports or what you learned in sports when you were younger helped you get to where you are through all your, through all of your journey, like determination, sports is, grit. Yeah. Sports is a great teacher of life. Um, it teaches you how to lose with class, um, how to get over loss, right? If you, man, if you sit on one loss, 
I mean, you're going to lose again and again. And that's the same thing with life, man. Something bad happens to you. Some man bounce back next day, make it a good one. And so I think, yeah, sports is great for that. Um, I think it, it prepared it, me for the agriculture world. I didn't know how hard farming was. Yeah. And and the grit and determination you have to have in just agriculture alone is insane. You know, the practices or the games that you remember from sports are never the blowouts or the easy ones. They're the close calls. They're the close ones where the pressure is on. It's the ones where you lose you by know, one. Yeah. Or the practices where you had to run and run and run and you couldn't feel your legs, but you're doing it with all your best friends. And so it's like, okay, like those are the ones you remember, the hard ones. And that's, that's the same thing with life. Um, the hard ones are the ones that you remember because that's, that's where you grow. So it is. And I love that you said that you, the in 4-H and FFA and sports, you learn to lose. I think that when we're younger, you focus so much on winning, but like being a mom now and being older, I see my kids, they're getting into sports, which makes my sports heart happy because my husband did not do sports. And so they've, they're in flag football right now, both Layton and Bodie are in flag football and Layton's also in a rodeo circuit right now. And she's got, she's at the top of the youngest age group. So she's getting ready to bump up. So she's one of the better ones. Well, she's never really had a whole lot of competition and this circuit she's had to, she's lost and she started bawling right out of the gate on one of them. Like, honey, you're learning that there's people out there. I mean, this is competition. You're learning to lose. And that's a really, which she's like, I don't want to lose. And I'm just thinking it's such a good life lesson for you. You don't get it. You should compete. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, when you lose, you got two options. It's compete and go get the next one or quit. And it's the same in farming for us. We've been in a drought for five years. This year, we're kind of coming out of it. It got ugly in the summer, but it's like we just tell our kids all the time, "What we can't quit. We don't just give up. We got to keep planting." Because there's a couple people that are like, "Why would you even plant that?" Well, what are what are we supposed to do? Just quit. Exactly. Exactly. I we had a we had a saying in college, uh, "Man, when your back's against the wall, knock down the dang wall." Right. Like. Yep. Don't don't just let somebody back you up. Knock down the wall and keep going. So now you're spot on. I think that's sports. That's farming. That's life. It is. So I have to I have to intro into your saying only because I saw my kids shirts are going to be here today and they're going to be wearing them around and people are going to see. So you say no bad days. And what does that exactly mean to you? Yeah, those three words. uh, They change. They changed it for me. they set the course probably for the rest of my life uh, because I mean, you get told all the time from a young kid on, you hear good days and bad days. Uh, You're going to have some bad days. It's okay. And uh, I got told that a lot during rehab. You got good days ahead, Hunter. You're going to go home, graduate, you sell family, all these good stuff, but you're also going to have some bad days and this is what's going to look like this and this and this. And and finally, I'm like, you know what? I shouldn't even be here right now. Like, you get thinking like, man, why am I here and Zach's not? And I went headfirst into a tree. Like, I, I, I started looking at articles. And people that go headfirst into trees, they die. And or you should have been in the brain unit, Craig, not yeah, like, I don't not recovering. Right now. 
and this like over overwhelming sense of gratefulness and really comes from my faith. I mean, I, I started looking at, you know, um, looking at Job and man, we probably don't got time to get all into all of it, but Job and, and there's a verse in John and got, you know, Jesus is just talking about washing the feet. He's like, you know, Peter, you don't understand right now, but later on you will. And, you know, cause Peter's asking, like, why are you washing my feet? And I think we asked that same question of like, God, what are you doing? Like, mm-hmm. Do you really know what you're doing right now? And Jesus is like, you know what? You don't understand it right now, but later you will. And I think it sent me back to Zach of like, man, I don't understand why Zach died, but I don't have to because somebody else does. And right. his plans, his plan's better than mine. And so for me, it's the same thing with life of like, you know what? I don't know why this happened to me, but later on I will. And from here on out, I'm not going to have any more bad days because at least I have some days. Um, I think that there's a difference between a bad day and tough day. Uh, we can all have tough days. They happen a lot, uh, but we've been through tough days before. And maybe the struggle and the pain has a purpose. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, but maybe it does. And you get through a tough day, you got another tough day and another one. Eventually a good day is around the corner. It's coming. Makes you, you appreciate those good days even more. Yeah. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. And uh, I always say, man, I, I try and stack good days on top of each other because there's momentum in life too. You stack good days on top of each other. You turn around, you had a pretty great week. You stack a couple good weeks on top of each other. You had a pretty great month, right? Do that. You got a pretty great year. You do that, man. 60 years from now, I think I'm gonna have a pretty good life. Yeah. So I don't have, I don't have any bad days. Uh, I'd have to do the math again. I think I'm, I'm over 1400 straight now uh, of good days and tough days, but I haven't had a bad one. So uh, those three things have flipped my mindset uh, to looking at it positively and and with hope. Yep, for sure. For sure. And so do you have anything that you want to leave listeners with? So I haven't, I didn't even tell you this, that you're our first male um, interview ever. So no way. yeah. No, and actually good. Kylie's husband is going to be really jealous because he's wanted to be on the podcast forever. <laughs> so he's go. probably going to have to be on pretty soon now that you've been on. Let's go. That's awesome. You know, I, uh, that, that is an honor for me, but I, how I say, I mean, I was raised by a single mom, um, for the first 10 years of my life. Uh, so me and my mom have a pretty cool relationship. And then, man, I wanted a brother so bad. I was like, mom, like, they asked me what I wanted for Christmas. I want a brother <laughs> and orange pop. That's what I want, man. Just give me some yeah. orange pop and a brother and I'm set. And uh, I got two sisters. <laughs> so I, uh, I have a very deep appreciation, uh, for my, for the women in my, my, my life. And so that's cool that I get to be the first, first male, but, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm we sure actually that. have a lot of male listeners, so it's cool that they'll get to hear a guy talk for once. There we go. Perfect. So if anybody wants to find you on socials, where where's the best place yeah. to look? So yeah, Twitter, Twitter, Instagram, it's Hunter underscore pinky. Um, and then you, you can go, it links to my Instagram page. I'm speaking to on Instagram, uh, but you can just go to my personal page. And then uh, I've got a website too. That's hunterpinky.com. Pinky is spelled pink with an E at the end. Uh, so Hunter and then pink with an E at the end.com. And 
Uh, you can email me through there. All my video contents up on there, keynotes, all that stuff. So those probably be the two ways to reach out. Okay. And I have to shout out your mom because she's also on social media and really positive. What's hers? Yeah. Yeah. Cat Pinky. Uh, I would say like a lot of times I'll go to events and I won't be the most popular pinky there. I'm speaking, but I'm not <laughs> the most popular pinky there. Uh, my mom was on social media before social media was cool. Uh, I remember her saying like back like before 2010, I want to say she's like, oh, yeah, I'm on Twitter. I'm like, What's Twitter? What? <laughs> yeah. Twit? What? Twitter? <laughs> and uh, yeah, she, she's been an OG for a long time. So when I passed her up on followers, I had to let her know. I was like. Oh, you know, sorry. Sorry, ten Katie. And your head start on me. <laughs> Darn it. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much for being with us today. We really appreciate it. Yeah, well, thank you. And uh, I have to shout you out because we did have you come to our school and speak. And so if anybody's looking for speaking, he did amazing. Our kids both came home and wrote no bad days on their on a piece of paper and hung it in their room. And they also they did take your challenge and went back to the classroom and wrote down their dreams. Let's go. Let's get so, they all left now, with something. It was good. I, for a young kid growing up in small towns, which I'm assuming a lot of your listeners have, you know, that situation. It's important to realize that you can go, go from Sharon Springs and you can go change the world from Sharon Springs, Kansas. Yep. You can go from Wishick, North Dakota, and you can go do whatever you want. Just because you're from the middle of nowhere doesn't mean that you're nothing. Um, you can go do special things. And uh, so I'm glad that they did that. That's dope. Thanks. Yep. For it was cool. Yep. Well, thank you so much for being with us. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks, Whitney. At Corteva AgriScience, we believe that when we work together, we grow together. We believe innovative agriculture solutions are found in the lab and in the field, applying real insights from farmers with our global R&D knowledge to create a strong suite of innovations across seed and crop protection. We believe in constantly challenging ourselves on how to bring all of our solutions together, giving farmers the tools to address today's needs and tomorrow's challenges. We believe in what we do because we believe in what farmers do, and together we thrive. Corteva AgriScience, keep growing. We sure appreciate all of you listening today. You can follow us on Instagram at farmwifeguru and at Kylie Epperson underscore. Be sure to follow or subscribe to Midwest Farm Wives podcast on your favorite podcast streaming app. And remember, every day may not be good, but there is some good in each day. Stay grateful, friends.